on Giddy Up, Facing the Breeze, with Anthony Butt and Jack Trainer. here down at the inside jiggy jog Antonin not tonight as they head to the mile marker it's vivid wise Oz up by three quarters of a length it's academic is on the outside with jiggy jog third then comes out the Marin zoos from in fourth they're at the mile in one 55 and two they turn for home vivid wise Oz turns with the lead it's academic is on the outside with jiggy jog in third trying to close late Pengorion jet vivid wise odds needs another about a 50 yards vivid wise Wise Oz with the lead. Vivid Wise Oz. Italy wins the international. Yeah, it was a famous victory for Italy there in the MGM Yonkers International Trot there in New York on uh, the weekend, early Sunday morning Australia time. And uh, the performance of Alba Baron Seuss did everybody in this country so proud who has been following the, the standard bread game, especially the trotting game, because 10 years ago, if you told me that we would have a horse that would be competitive on the world stage like Alder Baron Seuss just did and, and just believe before him in Europe this year I would have said that you're crazy and a man that's helped and he's been basically the instigator for all of this because he dreams big and then he attacks his dream and, and gets results as Duncan McPherson and he joins us now who owned and bred Alder Baron Seuss. Duncan first of all um, I on behalf of everybody in the harness racing game and the racing industry, I say congratulations. You should be so proud in what you're able to achieve there on uh, um, the weekend there at New York. What a performance by your horse. Yeah, it was quite amazing, Gareth, and thanks thanks for dialing in. We've just literally landed this morning, so your first cab off the rank. But, uh, no, look, Elder Baron Zeus was absolutely outstanding and to... To think that, as you've said, that to have two horses that can globally compete, uh, and with this race being known as the World Championship, as Brent Lilly said afterwards, uh, we've fifth, we've come fifth in the World Championship, and I think it's it's not only the horses that beat us, it's the horses we beat home, mm. and you've got to understand they're the best in the world, whether they be from France with Edenat, um and Fashion Frenzy, Hero Boko, and Get a Wish, and these sorts of horses, and venerate. I mean. It's just, you just shake your head in disbelief. But the job that um, Brent Lilly did with taking the horse, we've aimed at this race probably since October last year to win the Maori Mile. So it's a 12-month vision and we got the selection and he did a super job to get the horse as good as we could. Um, and then obviously Chris Alford's drive, well, it was 10 out of 10 to land three fence from seven on an 800-metre track within the first 200 metres was just mind-blowing. So every opportunity was given to the horse and as the commentator just said in, in, in what you just heard, the first mile was running 155 and we still had another, we still had further to go. Yeah. So it was the, you can understand the speed at which these races were run out on an 800 metre track. It was mind blowing. So um, proud, absolutely. Um, delighted, yes. And most importantly, um, it's, it's great for everybody in Australia to understand that we now can put our hands up along with others that are, we've got other good horses down here and we can say that the rest of the world's starting to look at us. Did you have a special moment with yourself in a way, I guess, when you arrived there at Yonkers, but I don't know, was it when they were circling at the start just to realise, well, we've we've done it in a way, um, how far that you've been able to come with the trotting breed here yeah. in this country? Can you explain that 
particular. Yeah, I, yeah, I reckon no, it would have been a, a moment that you would have. It would have been interesting to get your feelings before the, even the even the race started. The highlight for me was to to walk into the barn or the paddock area that they call them in, in or the stall area in, in at Yonkers, which is um, not the, probably the best stall area in the world, but. What they did do is they put the, their ten horse rows. So every horse that was in this race had its own box within this within a single row. So as you walked down them from one to ten, you were actually looking and mingling with the owners, the trainers, and actually eyeballing these horses front on to understand who your opposition was. And I think it was then that you, when you look at the size of it and that, and work out that. Um, you know, each one 21 times and $3.5 million. When you walk past a horse like that, uh, and he's a towering horse, and then you go and see Zeus standing in seven with his earplugs in, standing like a lamb, um, I think that was when it hit home that we're really on the big world stage here. Has it exceeded your expectations how quickly we've got here? Um, that's a fair question. Um what you said 10 years ago, we probably weren't there. I mean, there's a, I, I tried to attack the, the genetic improvement probably after we went, I had the privilege of going with Chris Lang up to, with Sundog's gift up to Sweden. And that's when we bought um, Zoya Boko, which is the mother of, of, of Zeus, um, who was a full to yield Boko, who we brought down here to try and have a go at the Great Southern Star. And he broke down and he actually ended up being a reasonable side down here with limited opportunities. He was a triple derby winner in Europe. So I think it was that 2009 trip with Sundon's gift that we thought we'd start to push it. That's what, 14 years ago. And I think the last 10 years, we've had access to the, some of the best semen in the world. And we've now got horses that aren't colonially bred per se anymore they've got a lot of mixed blood in them and i think that's what stood us in good stead mm. to get us to where we've got to um but noting that elder baron zeus is out of a, a full sister to a triple european derby winner out of muscle hill who's one of the best in the world well we're hoping for the genetics to shine through and in this instance fortunately that's what's happened and was he passed in in this country elder baron zeus couldn't get a bid at the sales unbelievable 23,000 was the stopping point, which was under the service fee at that point in time. Jesus, only you knew. Um, and I'm, I'm so happy that he's been able to do what he's been able to do for your farm. And um, just talking to Darren Carroll, our harness racing expert that's built up quite the following here on Giddy Up, he says now, Gareth, that I nearly look forward to, well, I look forward to the trotters more than the paces these days. And it's getting a little bit like that. Like he, tipped, he tipped two trotters tonight um, at the Shepparton meeting. And our trotters with the way that yourself and uh, Pat Driscoll and um, some of the other great um, trotting minds have been able to do is that now our trotters are becoming, um, they should be nearly centre stage with our paces. Well, they are everywhere else in the world. Yeah. Uh, but noting that the paces are only in North America and New Zealand. So you take Canada, the USA and Australia out and, um, and New Zealand out and the rest of the world is trotting. So... I guess that again it goes back to 2009. The vision was to have Elder Baron Park as a, as a global player, and we've got horses in you know America, New Zealand, Australia, and Sweden, and we race under the moniker. and And I guess it's it's it, that's what the drive's been and the passion's been. So, um, yeah, from that point of view, we're starting to get there, and I think that the general public. This is where we've got to reach out, and and the general public need to understand you can actually go and buy a horse 
at our yearling sales in Australia that's a trotter and have the opportunity to race that horse if it's good enough on the world stage. Yeah. And we should be singing that from the rafters to the general public um, because with due respect to other codes, you don't have to go and spend two or $3 million and hope you can go and spend uh, a, a 25th of that, if you like, um, you know, $100,000 and buy you a genetically a proven genetic breed down here in the Southern Hemisphere. And if your dream is to take on the rest of the world, I think the genetics are now saying that we can do it here. And, and rest assured, America, North America and Europe know, and I wouldn't be surprised if there was um, more European and, and other other investment from other parts of the world in our yearling sales going forward. 100%. And that's the, that's the marketing for harness racing because yourself and even Pat Driscoll have been good enough in the recent nutrient sales to put basically all of your best bred trotters through the sales rig and that's why we um, a group of my mates we, we got together and purchased a trotter because not to, to win an inter-dominion or not to win a, a Grand Prix but we dreamt that we could and it's a dream but you could dream to go and represent Australia in an elite lot because you're right we've got the bloodlines now that you have got a strong chance of having a horse that could compete on on the world stage um, and I can't understand harness racing Australia did a great job with the Eureka but tomorrow I could sell I could sell a slot race to I could do it right now in fact I could ring six people up now Duncan and organize a three million slot race for a trot, trotting race in this country and it would go off and you probably I, I might need your help but we'd probably get American and a, and, a, and a northern hemisphere trotter as well I'll leave that with you and, and your discussions can continue with the state jurisdictions and harness racing Australia on that one um, but there's no doubt that the trotters have definitely garnered the, the interest of the, of the harness racing community and the broader community to a point in a frenzy now that um, I don't think we've ever seen as much interest in, in our horses going away and, and travelling uh, ever before. And I think that the pathway now, um, from the discussions I've had overseas in, in the last week up, in, up in, in, in New York with all the people that have come over from Europe, because um, they only flew their horses in on Wednesday and they stayed in the detention barn basically until race day morning, um, and they're all gone back to Europe. Um, they... Are quite mesmerised to think that um, Just Believe was one, but then there's Elderberry and Zeus. But when I tell them that there's others down here, which can include Queen Elida and Muscle Mountain in New Zealand, and and Chris Lang's been spruiking Olivici, and there's a couple of other trainers, and I'm ready, Jet and Pat Driscoll. There's a, there's not one or two horses down here anymore. I, I think there's eight or ten that if we can do it, they could do it. And it's a matter of making sure that we we're all guns blazing and we're promoting our horses to those people that are watching in the Northern Hemisphere to get those invitations going forward. What does Out of Baron Seuss do now? It's a week off on the grass. Yep. Um, to be um, to be fair to the horse, I mean, the weather conditions up there, it was 33 to 35 degrees for the last eight days heading into the race. Um, it was very humid. Uh, all their barns up there had fans and misters going. When we took him to the detention barn, on Friday, again, fans and demisters and, and Brent stayed with the horse. Um, there was lots of opportunities to go out and celebrate uh, or to, you know, mix with the others up there. But um, Brent and Chris decided, that, as we all did, the horse was most important. So we wanted to make sure we got him to the, to the line as, in as good a condition as possible. Um, he lost a fair bit of weight on the way up. Uh, he's probably got a little bit more of that to, to, to regain. So a week off and then we'll start looking at the next six or eight weeks up there and we'll see what we can plan a path and 
the dream then is obviously to go and win a win a, a nice race in either the Yonkers or the Meadowlands or somewhere in Northern Europe, um, and get a good time on him. Um, Fifty-two six in the Hammerhead. We the general feeling is he could go, you know, in the fifties or sub fifty at the Meadowlands, given the right run because of his tractability. And if we could do that in the next, you know, six eight weeks, well then. You know, we'll worry about what we then do with him after that. But uh, the short-term plan is a week off, um, let him recover, and uh, and then aim him at a few races up in up in there with Nicky Norman being the trainer and, and Brad Chisholm looking after him. And Brad was the groom, and he's been all over him since he got out of quarantine. And Brad will continue to look after him up there for Brent, who who had a long association together and they know what's going on. Sensational stuff, mate. Well done. You did Australia proud and not just the, the success of Elderberry and Zeus, but what you've been able to do for this game to help everybody else live a dream. Um, it's a legacy that will live with you forever. So well done um, and well done for making a difference and we thank you. Good on you, Duncan. No, thanks very much. And we're hot to trot at Elderberry Park and it'd, it'd be remiss not to also acknowledge Mel and Danny Thackeray at who run the farm, they put, they bred the mare, um, they put the foal on the ground, and as they say in the classics, the rest is history. So yep. credit to everyone, Chris Elford, um, um, the whole team, and obviously um, Tracy Cullen, who's one of the part owners, and, and Brent Lilly's partner. Everyone's been in it, and we can't do it without the whole team, and that's what we did, and that's why it was so joyous to all be up there together and, and look and watch one and see what we did. So, And thank you for the opportunity to talk to you, as always. Well said, Duncan. Thanks for that, mate. Well done. Good on you. There's Duncan McPherson, the owner breeder of Aldebaran Susie, did Australia proud, finishing fifth in uh, one of the world's most renowned trotting races, the MZ MGM Yonkers International Trot, which had representation right across the world. This is Facing the Breeze. We talk some harness racing, thanks to Garrett's Horse and Hound, stocking the largest range at the best prices. Visit horseandhound.com.au. Champion harness racing driver Anthony Butt to join me straight after this. Imagine what you could be buying instead. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Welcome back to Giddy Up. This is Facing the Breeze as we talk some harness racing. Thanks to Garrett's Horse and Hound for all of the Act One Essentials. Anthony Butt, good morning to you. Um, I know you got the back end of that interview there with Duncan McPherson, but it was another proud moment there for Australasian harness racing with the performance there of Elder Baron Zeus. And as Duncan pointed out, what a drive from Elford to land three back the fence from the, the draw. Yeah, it was great, Gareth. It, uh, you know, proves that our horses are up with, you know, with the best. And, um, you know, I think if we get a real out-and-out champion, you know, we can go up there and beat them. You know, like Elder Baron Zeus is a really good horse. And um, but you quite confidently say the Queen Elite is better than him in the yeah. same stable. So, um, you know, as they can said, if Muscle Mountain or Queen Elite, you know, went up there, that uh, you think, you know, a win's only not far away for us. You you dipped uh, your toe in the water from an Australasian point of view with one of the greatest trotters of all time in Lyle Creek. Night Pistol had success in Europe, but since then our, our breed has improved. We're not far away maybe of getting a, a, a champion that would go over there and you know, just be one out of the box and, and take on the world ants. I, I think it's going to happen in our lifetime. Yeah, well, Lyle Craig sort of did it, Gareth. He went up there and he was in the top three American trotters um, the first full year he was up there and he, he won a group one up there, the Sumac Lad, and beat the best. So, you know, but he was a, a freak and, um, 
But I think there's nowadays there's so much more depth. You know, we got uh, you know five or six trotters that are could easily go on the world stage and compete. So what's the situation with the timing? If we wanted to put on a, a trotting race to attract the world's best, what time would we have to put that on, Ants, to try and work around the calendar for the Europeans and also the the Americans? Is it possible to do, or is their racing to there's too much prize money for them to take a risk to, to come down under? No, I think it all comes down to money, Gareth. You know, the American season sort of goes into sort of October um, with the Breeders' Crown, and then there's, it pretty much finishes. So you would think the timing of the Great Southern Star, you know, February, March would be perfect because they'd have um, time to, you know, get into quarantine and um, things like that because they've got to have two or three weeks in America then a couple of weeks down here or vice versa. I think it's about four or five weeks all up. So, And they can't do a lot of work then. So, um, But no, the timing, you know, pretty good for February, March for us. And okay. as I said, it comes down to dollars. If we put up enough money, they'll be here. Yeah, and I think you can definitely do a slot race for the trotters because there's a lot of money amongst some of the trotting owners that would love to participate in a race like that and just need a little bit of help. Um from I guess a jurisdiction, but I'm sure government would would help out in a way because of the international exposure. Like for instance, if you could get a Swedish trotter, like harness racing is one of the biggest sports in, in Sweden. For instance, it would get international coverage. Yeah, well, I worked hard and got an, a Swedish trotter down for the end of the Minions in Auckland a few years ago called Annika, and you know I did that purely off my own bat, and um, so it can be done. You know, Klaus Koch was a great help with that, and. He's so well-known down here and a friend to so many. So, yeah, and the slot race, I said, again, I tried to, I put one to an angle about three or four years ago, a million-dollar slot race for the Trotters, and um, they basically just turned me down flat. So, you know, I think Victoria's the place to be for it, and with, you know, guys like Duncan and Pat Driscoll and that and uh, Jim Connolly, those sort of guys that are so passionate about the Trotters and, you know, got a bit of money behind them, you know, as I said, you'll fill it up in half an hour. What about the performance of Emma Stewart? Like, she's starting in it, and Clayton Tonkin, they've had success recently on the Grand Circuit. They um, are starting to, they, they had to take that, that next step and win some of the bigger races outside of age group racing. I know the Eureka's an age group race, but I think it's like close enough to being an open class event in a way, three and four year olds, and they're able to achieve that. And then, of course, um, they've been winning some Grand Circuit races now they are becoming just unstoppable. Like, nine winners on a Vic Bread nine is unheard of, Ants, even for them. Yeah, well, they won the Hunter Cup earlier in the year, yeah. Gareth, and as you said, they did have to take that next step because they've been so dominant with the juveniles and, and hadn't transformed it to the open class and the Grand Circuit racing, but they've obviously changed a few things, and um, now they're a force everywhere, and, yeah, it's amazing, really, and uh, quite demoralising for the rest of us that got to race them because... You know, they're virtually impossible to beat. Is it getting out of hand in a way? And I'm not having a crack at Emma Stewart and Clayton Tonkin because they deserve all the success they can get because, like, they're attracting owners now that just have to go to them because they think that's the only way that they can basically be competitive in these races. But it's nearly becoming a monopoly, unfortunately. Um, We do need some others to step up and, and take them on, especially in these juvenile races. Yeah, it's not ideal, Gareth. I'm, I've seen the same in New Zealand with Mark Purden when he was so dominant, um, you know, for perhaps a 10-year period. And, you know, it, it does, uh, as I said before, get demoralising for the other participants. And, um, 
you know, and, and a few people got out of the game in New Zealand because of Mark Purden. And uh, but as I said, it's no slide on them. You know, it's not their fault they're so successful. But uh, yeah, I don't know the answer to how we can combat it. But um, you know, right at the moment, they just, as you said, they're an unstoppable force. Yeah, you saw, and we won't get to see it now, but like a Jason Grimson took on a Luke McCarthy in a way. McCarthy was dominating Menangle and even Tritton. So you, 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 Victoria sort of needs someone like that to put their hand up and say, okay, I'm going to get some onus, but um, I'm not scared of you. I'm going to take you on. Um, but, yeah, it's you need opportunities and you need the right horses, um, but you need someone to have that vision, I guess, Ants. Yeah, and it's easier said than done. Correct, yep. You know, as I said, in the few, you know, you see guys like Mick Stanley and that kind of thing, mate. He's never scared to take them on when he's got a nice horse in a race. So, but uh, yeah, I don't know the answers, but um, yeah, I said it, uh, awfully hard to beat. Leap to Fame, $2. Catch Away, $5. Rock and Roll, do $5. I don't know what Swayze's doing. Honolulu Bay at 11. Better Eclipse, 11. Act now at 17. Ladies in Red trial there last night, which was great to see at 17. Almost like even a Spirit of St. Louis at a big price over a Victoria Cup if he drew well at $21. Leap to fame. Jeez, he's short. Um, he's coming to Melbourne. But how many times can he keep on facing the breeze and, and doing what he's doing, Ants, with it before it starts to take a toll? Yeah, as you said, he has hit some hard runs lately, Gareth, and, and got beaten in the last two sort of grand finals he's had. And, and Melton's such a tricky track. It's so barrier-draw-dependent, you know, especially at the Victoria Cup over 2,200. Like, you can draw at the back and just never get into the race. So, you know, he's not past the post. And, you know, the way the field's shaping, there's going to be a heap of chances there. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, an interesting time in the sport of harness racing. It's going to be a great Victoria Cup night, one of the best. I, I can't wait for that. We've got the Victoria Derby. We've got the Smoking Up Sprint. Or we've got the Vic Bread Finals um, this weekend. And then the, the Spoken Up Sprint's not far away as well. So um, it's um, starting to heat up in Victoria, Ants. Have you got a winner for us? Um, yeah, I'm driving a two-year-old filly trotter in the uh, victory finals on um, on uh, Saturday night, one of uh, Joe Pace's. So I think it'll be, um, the name just escapes me, but uh, I think she, she went really good in the heat run third, and I think she's a, a really good uh, sneaky chance of winning. That'll do us. I'll find the name, Ants. What, when was the heats there that you raced in? That um, When did you have the heats there for the Vic Brett's? Yeah, they were Maryborough. Um, Wednesday. Wednesday, uh, yeah. Oh. So hang on, I'll, I'll just try and find his name. And uh... this, is, this is live radio at its very best. <laughs> oh, Maryborough yeah. was on a Monday. Um, yeah, Mega Spur. Mega Spur, yep. All right, then we'll yep. get on Mega Spur. That's in our black book. We'll never forget its name now, Ants. Keep on dominating, mate. We appreciate your time as always. And I hope all the punters got on testing time last week at $5 a place. Oh, we nearly, nearly pulled another one off. I know. In fact, I forgot to mention that. Forget Darren Carroll, ladies and gentlemen. Anthony Butters, the man these days, is on fire. Um, we owe you about 25 beers, but we appreciate your help as always, Ants. Thanks, Gareth. He's the voice of racing these days. Gareth's Horse and Hound stocking the largest range at the best prices. Visit horseandhound.com.au. Let's take a break. On the other side of it, it's the tipster of the week for the great tip-off.